we're going to continue to worship here in a minute, but we're going to read the word, uh, reflect on uh, what God has done for us and uh, from the scriptures. But before we do that, I want to just take a second. Um, I didn't I didn't grow up in the church. You know, maybe maybe you grew up in the church. I, I didn't grow up in the church. But um, as my wife was saying, I loved Christmas before I knew anything, to be honest, about what Christmas was about. I just loved all the stuff around Christmas. How many of you, 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 you would say that that was kind of your, your thing as well? You, you, you didn't really know Jesus, but you're like, Christmas is awesome, that's for sure. Um, I grew up in Tacoma, middle child of 11, and um, we, we had a 12-passenger fan, as you have to if you have an army of kids. And uh, we would drive around the neighborhood and look at the Christmas lights, and, you know, there's always that, like, certain block where the like I don't know if the, the neighbors talk to each other or what they do but they're like all go in on it and uh, I think they have a movie what's the movie the the cranks yeah where it's like everyone's in on this thing we're gonna set it up right um, and I always love that there's something special um, just being in the car with my family um, I, as I'm saying it right now I can I can my, my, my dad had a diesel van it wasn't just a 12 pass. It was diesel. I can, it's almost like while I'm talking to you, I can smell like being in that van and laughing and joking and driving around the north end of Tacoma down by the Point Defiance and all of that. And I just loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, I, I loved getting gifts. Come on, when you're a kid, it's like tonight is like the worst because it takes forever. It's like all from Thanksgiving all the way to Christmas takes forever. But somehow Christmas Eve is the longest night of the year as a kid. It's just like, come on. And, uh, and so I just, I remember just always being so excited. Not because my parents were able to give us a ton of stuff, but just, you know, as a kid, there's so much around that. And I was pondering that, um, that there's different kinds of gifts that you can get. There's like the gift that you want. There's the gift that you need. My grandma's always thinking, at least my grandma, it's like an Italian immigrant. It's like socks. It's just, you need a sweater and socks. It's like, technically I do. Thanks, grandma. You know what I mean? It was like never what I wanted. It was always just socks. And the sweater was always like three times too big. It's like, thanks, grandma. I don't know what she thought. <laughs> Maybe I was a little chubby when I was a kid. She's like, yeah, for sure. Because she lived in New York, so she didn't get to see us much. But she would just send it in a big box. And uh, whatever she gave me was always way bigger than my siblings. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, Grandma. I was like, wow. But um, there's the gift that you, you, you need. Um, and then there's the gift that you didn't know you needed until you got it. How many know what I'm talking about? All right. So there's different kinds of gifts and uh, there's, there's also people who are like really good at giving gifts. How many of you know someone or maybe you're that person that they, you say something in, in February about what you're like, oh man, I need one of those. Boom, Christmas, 10 months later, boom, they, they remembered and they got it for you. How many of you know someone like that? They're just amazing at gift giving. Um, how many of you think that you're that person? You're, you're a good gift giver, yeah. But then there's that person who gives you the gift, not that you want, but that they want, but they give it to you. It's kind of like a hint, like this is what I want and you should have got me this. 
So, and I think Christmas, with all the, the, the different stuff that we do, the, the trees and the lights, and I just had cookies because they're awesome. And um, all that stuff I love about it is sometimes makes Christmas the gift that we want. But I just think Jesus is the gift that we need. And I think sometimes we can miss that. And all of the, how many of you did some rapping today? Yeah. The rest, there's a bunch of liars in this room. That's why you're in church, that's good. Because we got all this stuff. It's busy, last minute. But in all of that, we can miss Jesus. I don't want you to miss Jesus. I'm glad you're here tonight because I want to make sure we slow down and we catch the gift of Christmas. Amen? So that's where we're going to take a little bit of time to make sure we don't miss. In Luke chapter 2, did Bunny do an amazing job? She just quoted like a whole chapter of the Bible. All right. Some of you think you can't memorize scripture. Okay. Bunny just proved to you, you can. You can. In Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 11, gives us a little bit about the birth account of Jesus. It speaks about that, that there's some shepherds and an angel appears and begins to speak to um, these angels about the good news that they bring that will bring great joy. And it says this in verse 11, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. I want you to know that God gave a gift on Christmas, but, but the gift wasn't the gift he wanted. The gift was the gift you needed. You see what he said? He says, born to you. There's a gift, Jesus being born, and the gift is for you. He didn't need to be born. He didn't need to die a criminal's death on a Roman cross, to be beaten, to be broken, to pour out every last bit of his blood. He didn't need that. That's not what he needed. That's what you needed. That's what you needed. That's what I needed. The gift was for us, not for him. In Isaiah chapter 9, it speaks about, this is 700 years. I. Like I said, I didn't grow up in the church, so when I was reading the Bible after getting saved, I'm like, this is crazy. When was this written? 700 years before the birth of Christ, this is written, meaning the whole thing was planned by God. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. You hear it? Today is born to you, unto you, unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. The gift is for us. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called. Now, he's going to be given some, some titles, some names. We, as people, like titles. We like names. But most of the time, it's more about us, right? We get a, we get a doctorate, and, and I, if I call you 
you know, Eric, no, it's Dr. Eric. You know, it's like, I want to make sure that you know. But the title is really about us. But he's given some titles here, what he'll be called. And again, the titles are a gift to you. He'll be called Wonderful. Now the word there is Miracle. He'll be called Miracle. His birth is a miracle, and everywhere he went, he did miracles. His funeral was a miracle. <laughs> Anyone here need a miracle? Good. Well, thank God for Christmas. Because the gift of God to us is a miracle worker. He'll be called Counselor. Now, some of you need counseling. I like it. Come on, that's awesome. It was a joke, but maybe not. It got silent. I saw husbands and wives knocking. But we, this has to do with direction. Like, how many of you have been in a situation where you're like, man, I would really love for God to just be like, uh, this is what you need to do right now. Like, how many of you are like, that's... Well, he's like... The, Thank God for Christmas, because that's what he gave. He gave a counselor, because we need counsel. He'll be called Mighty God. Now, in the Hebrew, what this has to do with, he's the all-powerful one. Meaning, in any situation that you have, he's able. That's good news. In any difficulty, any situation, he's able. Now question is whether or not we lean on our strength or we lean on his. Some of us are still learning how to lean on him. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge me, right? I, wanna, I want you to acknowledge me. Lean on me, and I will guide your path. He'll be called Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. When I read this, I, I discover that God doesn't have peace he is peace and we try to find peace in a lot of places but everything here that he's called is actually what we need and when I say who needs a miracle and four of you raise your hand it doesn't mean the rest of you don't need a miracle it's that you're unaware of your need or your inability to acknowledge or maybe hope again that miracles are possible And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forever, even, or from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Lord of hosts. This is the Lord of heaven's armies. And you See there in Luke chapter 2, after the angel, it only takes one angel to announce it, but it takes a whole army of them to celebrate the news. Whole army shows up, says this is what we've been waiting for. Why? What does it say? It says, um, this day, I want you to know is a real day. We watch enough movies where it's, the, how it starts is once upon a time. And we know when we hear those words, this is just made up. 
We're going to go on a long story and just, you know, just know that it just was a, a, a child of someone's, imagine, it was a, a birth child of someone's imagination. This isn't real. But this is a real day. I love that so many have tried to kind of debunk, like, nah, this isn't real. <laughs> Most of them, if they know how to do any research at all, find out like, no, this was a real day. If you go back to the beginning of the, 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 the first verse of chapter two, it says, it came to pass in those days, the decree went out from Caesar Augustus, the first emperor of Rome. That's a real day. Caught in time. You can go and if, if, if you, any of you want to, it's fun to do, but this isn't, Jesus is, the account of, of Jesus Christ isn't just by his disciples. There's historians, it was their job to record history, what's happening around the known world. That was their job. In fact, that's why the vast majority of people who go to go try to debunk Christianity or Christ and the resurrection and the birth and resurrection, they have to give up because you think, oh, all I have to do is debunk disciples because, of course, disciples, followers would kind of write a story like that. But it wasn't just written by disciples. The news anchors, basically, of the day recorded it. And that's when they go, oh, this is, this is, a, this is a real day. This is a real event. It's a real man. These things happened. So on a real day, in the city of David, in a real city, you can still go visit today in Bethlehem. It's six miles south of Jerusalem. You can go there. Still there today. But in Micah chapter 5, verse 4, it speaks about that, starting in verse 1, it speaks about that Bethlehem, you might be small in all of Israel, but there's going to be a ruler, my ruler, who's going to come from you. And he will rule over the nations. This is 750 years before Christ. So that's when the Magi show up and say, hey, we're looking, we've been following, and now we're kind of in this area. They go to the religious leaders and go, where's the king of kings going to be born? And they say, Bethlehem. Why? Because of Micah's words. They're waiting for this one. Because he's, as you see it here, born in the city of David, a savior. If you go back to Genesis chapter 3 again, I didn't grow up in church, so why? how many of you tried to read the Bible before you were a believer? Made no sense at all. Some of you aren't believers, so you're here because someone invited you, and all of this is basically once upon a time. And that's how it was for me as well. Just gonna be honest with you. I tried to read it, didn't make any sense at all. I was like, wah. it was like Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. It just didn't make any sense. But then my life fell apart and I didn't try to read the Bible. I came to a small church and I met God. So then when I went to go read the scriptures, it was like, wait a second, this is the same book? And it was like it finally made sense. The Bible's the only book, you the author has to be present to understand it. So the Holy Spirit has to be present. You have to acknowledge him 
before any of this will make any sense. So if you're in a position of being proud and un, un, you don't need God, this will remain f- foolish to you. If you believe in your heart that God is the source of all of your pain, this will remain foreign and coded basically to you. It won't make any sense to you. But if you were to humble yourself and say, God, if it be true, help me to understand. It's like all of a sudden, things that seem like mysteries begin to make sense. But it takes humility to recognize that and to recognize one's need for a savior. So when I read Genesis 3 after being a believer, because my question was the same question and Maybe some of you in this room have, which is, if God is good, then how come? Maybe you've gone through some stuff yourself, but I grew up where middle child of 11 in a very hilltop area, very ghetto place, fought every day, house burnt down at 13, ended up homeless. Not sure where my next meal was going to be from or where I was going to find a dry place to sleep, slept in a chicken coop sometimes, slept in a tent, slept in the open sky, all those things. So if God is good, then how come? And I had a list of how comes. But when I came to Genesis 3, I realized none of it, not one bit of it had anything to do with God. And I realized that God, it says in Genesis 1, that God made the heavens and the earth and he gives man dominion. He gave the keys to the rulership of the earth. The outcome of how things are on earth, he gave it to man. And then he says, hey, I'm going to give you some kind of some pointers of what to do and what not to do. One of those things is do not eat from that tree. And if you do eat from that tree, you're going to activate something you do not want to activate. And it's called death. You'll sin. And sin is the power of death, meaning death was in the garden at the beginning, but it was without power. It wasn't plugged in. <laughs> so like basically you eat from that thing. There's something called death. And what you're going to do by eating from it is plug it in and you'll give it power. You do not want to do that. Don't let that enter this world because it was never meant to be in this world. But you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do because I gave you rulership of the earth. And they said, well, this, what is this? What will this do? I already told you what to do, but what will this do? Death enters the world. And in reading that, it was like, oh my goodness, all of it makes sense. And I just kept reading. Cain kills Abel. This, This is chapter four. This is just right away. And I go, really what they did is they said, God, You're saying that you get to determine what's right and what's wrong, but I think I can determine what's right and wrong better than you. And they've been doing it. We've been doing it ever since. God says, this is the right way. We said, nah, I think this is the right way. He says, this is what's right. This is what's wrong. We said, nah, let's flip it. We've been doing it ever since. No matter what we think we is right or wrong we didn't make all of this if i make a blender and i said this is what it's for and you said nah 
You didn't make it. You don't get it. You can try to use it however you want. It just might not have the best outcomes. But the one who made the whole thing is the one who has the instructions of how things should be. And we say, I don't want your instructions. Humanity is like a, a stubborn man. I don't need your instructions. I got this. And then we just destroy everything and blame the one who made the blender. No, I gave you the instructions. Don't use that like that. Don't misuse the poor. He, he gives us his whole instructions of what, not, what to do and what not to do. Any proud person that just ah, hates God will read the list and go, yeah, that's a pretty decent list. Don't sleep with your neighbor's wife. Don't, don't rob the poor. Don't do the, everything. God's like, that's not how I designed you. Don't do it. It'll release more death. Don't do it. We do everything he tells us not to do. And he still says, okay, I'm going to put on flesh and I'm going to show you how life and humanity is supposed to be. Now we've already activated death. And the Bible says, okay, the consequence of sin is death. So if I want to take away the power of death, I, to take away the power of sin, I have to die. To conquer death, you have to actually conquer sin. So he conquers sin, but it still has to die. And with his blood, he conquers sin. So that he can conquer death on your behalf. This is the whole gospel. This is the gospel. God didn't come to defeat Rome, Biden, Trump, just any of that stuff. He didn't come for none of that. We get so twisted. We make it about all this other stuff. No, it came for you. You were made to be in relationship with him, free of all sin, death, and evil, free of all the pain that has been inflicted upon you. He never intended any of it. That's why he came and he bore everything that, everything that you've ever been through. He's like, I've been through it. I put on flesh and walk through this miserable life that we created in this earth and then died the death we deserve to die for us as us to extend to us the life he always had and the life he always intended for us to have. I grew up not knowing it. I grew up not knowing it, not knowing it. I can tell you, I knew I needed saving. I think that's why it was so easy when I entered church and I whispered his name. Because I knew I wasn't good. I was robbing people. I was, I was so angry, so hurt. I had just shut my whole heart down. I could, I could take everything off of you, just whatever you had on you, I would say, that's mine. No, it's not. My, my dad gave this to me. You know, you thought your dad gave it that. You give it to me right now. Uh, if not, I'm going to hurt you. You know, I had this hardened myself. I didn't care. But on the inside, at night, how I many you know what I'm talking about? No one else was around. I was stuck with myself, and I didn't like me. I can get away from all of you, but when I'm alone, I still don't like me. That's when I would cry out. God, I don't want to be this person. If you're real, help me. 
I don't want to be this person. I'm so angry and I'm tired of being angry. I'm so tired. I'm tired of being tired. Help me. And that's when I, I didn't know any believers. I didn't know one believer. And I met a girl on the ferry. She invited me to church. And she, no one knew I was crying out at night. God, if you'd be real, help me. Help me. I, I just felt, I didn't think about suicide, but I understand why people do. Darkness, just the hopelessness that it produces and the, just the sickness of your soul. There's a Christmas song that talks about when he appears that it, the soul feels its worth. It's like, oh, I think we're going to sing it. It's like, I, I didn't know my worth until I entered church. I bowed my head and I said, Jesus. The scripture says in Matthew chapter 1, he'll be called Emmanuel. It's quoting a scripture for 700 years before, Isaiah chapter 7. This will be a sign to you. The virgin will give birth to a son. He will be called Emmanuel. 700 years before, it speaks of a virgin giving birth to someone called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God doesn't want to be separated. We did that. He wants to be near. The gift of God to come, to be wonderful, to be your miracle worker to be your counsel and direction, to be your strength when you're weak, to be your father to embrace you, and to be your peace. The angels announced the one they've all been waiting for has come. And the hosts of heaven begin to celebrate glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill. Here's the thing. In most translations, it will say peace to those with whom God is pleased. Man, I remember reading those words. I said, I want to make sure I'm on the side of the one. I need peace. I want to make sure I'm on the side of those that the peace of God is targeted towards. I need his peace. Because if you don't know what peace feels like, it's what you need. It's not God's fault that you don't have it. He is peace. You have him, you have peace. And so how do I find myself with the one that God's pleased with? The Bible says if we put our trust in the gift of God, accept the gift, Jesus Christ. If we accept, we put our faith in him. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says it's impossible to please God without faith. Just put your faith in him. He says, ah, you can see it. The gift. God so loved the world, he gave. He's a gift giver. And he gives the best gift, and it's himself, it's his son, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish. He wants to conquer death on your behalf to give you eternal life. He says he didn't send his son to condemn the world. Some of you, even coming here, someone invited you, you feel, uh, I don't go to church. I'm not a church. Listen, I came to church. Everything on me was stolen. So you're doing pretty good probably, okay? So <laughs> my underwear was stolen, okay? So you're doing probably pretty good. And this is the one that invited me. She's now my wife. But she sat in the front row. Everything on stolen. Front row, right? It's like, oh, it felt so unsafe. 
But when I called upon the name of Jesus, you know what? He didn't make me, oh, wow, okay, you're a difficult case. You're a little sinner. You know, he didn't make me feel like a sinner. No, he gave his blood because he knew we are all sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen. Everyone has gone their own way. God sent his son. He says, this is, here's one who will show you the way. I think maybe some of you in this room tonight, you need to surrender your life. You've tried your own way. I want to make sure that tonight you get the gift of God. That's what, that's what this is about. There's nothing under your tree that's going to fix your, 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 the chaos and the depression and the, 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 the torment when you sleep. I had nightmares. I was tormented. The reality that there are actual tormentors and they were targeted at me because of my sin. And I had no solution because I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know there was a solution for my sin. Some of you grew up in church. So church is difficult because you've been hurt. I didn't grow up in church. I wasn't afraid of church. Might have been afraid of Christians, but I wasn't afraid of church. But I was done with my own way. That's why it was so easy. I got saved so easy. I just said, Jesus. He was real. I was like, well, that's it. The one I've been looking for. Some of you don't think Jesus is your solution because you got fed religion. I want you to give Jesus a chance, not religion. I want to give you the Prince of Peace a shot. He died to take away all that chaos and all that torment to give you a new life. You got to be done with your way. He's not going to, he, you got to be done with your way. Because the issue of the pain and the destruction of your life is the fact that you go your own way. We want to add him to our way, but he's like, I, I can't help you if you're going to stay on this path. There's destruction on this path. I got to help you find the right path. Because on the right path, this is the one he wants to show you. Give you eyes to see it so you can walk it. All of those things begin to be removed. All the chaos and the pain and the destruction. Amen? So if you're here tonight and as I'm speaking, I, my job is really easy because God, Jesus is really alive. He died but he rose. So listen, he's, he's in this place right now by the person of the Holy Spirit. And while I'm speaking, he makes my job easy because when you speak the truth, he moves upon it. Not everyone's heart's ready to receive this, but some of you here tonight, he's, you feel this burning inside of you. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, you are the one he's talking to. God is saying, I want you. I died for you. I came for you. Will you let me in? I want to take all this pain away from you. I want to be your father and I want to love you I want to lead you to life would you let me but he's a gentleman he won't force you to and neither will I will you bow your head close your eyes I want to make an opportunity for you to just call upon the name of Jesus I don't have to again kind of do a bunch of work to he'll come <laughs> yeah. 
to everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You've got to, in your heart, reach out. Reach out in your heart towards God and say, God, help me. I want your peace. I want you. Peace is a person, so you got to want him. Peace just comes with it. You want love? The Bible says God is love. You've got to reach out. So I'm going to lead you through a prayer, but I want you to say it out loud if it's you. You'd reach out with your words. You reach out into the spiritual realm to where God is and say, God, I want you. Will you change me into a new creation and show me the way? If that's you, whether you've used to follow the Lord and you got hurt and things of life got chaotic and choked out everything and it's just you just found yourself apart from God maybe even offended or hurt by God. But tonight as I'm speaking, the Spirit of God is saying, I am seeing, I'm talking to you, I want you. None of that pain, none of those things were my, that wasn't me. That wasn't me, that was Satan, that was his co-workers who came to get you away from me so that they can have their way with you. But if you'd call upon me and let me, I'll come. He's a gentleman, he won't force his way in. You have to open the door. He says he's knocking to all who open. He'll come and he'll give them life, peace. He'll cause his kingdom, his reign, his rule to begin to take over and produce peace and joy in your life. If that's you, whether you, you once followed or you've never followed and you're saying, tonight I make that decision. I want the gift of God. I want Jesus Christ. I want Emmanuel. I want Yahweh who is salvation. I want Jesus. I want you to lift up your hand and say, I want to give Jesus, I want to, I want to call upon the name of Jesus. Whether for the first time or you're coming back, you've been distant from God. And you say, I don't want any, I don't want to leave this Christmas, any distance between me and the gift of God. Just lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Be bold. You don't want the gift, God won't give it. <laughs> but the Spirit of God is moving on several more of you, and He's wondering if you'll surrender to Him. And He'll give you life to Him. I'll give you one more chance. Just extend your hand and say, I want that gift. I want peace. I want life. I want freedom from my torment. I want Jesus. Just lift up your hand. Okay, say this prayer with me for those who say it across the room. But again, just speak it out to him. Say, Jesus, I recognize that I have gone my own way. And it hasn't gone very well for me. But I recognize now that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And you came as a gift to me to save me from my sin. I ask that you forgive me for all sin. Wash me in the precious blood that you poured out on that cross. 
be my savior save me lord deliver me lord and give me eternal life holy spirit give me a new heart write on my heart the ways of god and lead me in everlasting life i receive you as the gift of god in jesus name amen amen if i can get the ministry. thank you so much for watching i hope you were blessed and encouraged be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel for more amazing content Thank you.